Good morning and welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church to Church Online. As you can see it's an evolving situation and uh, we are in the house in the upper room. So I hope that you are ready to worship God this morning. I don't know about you but I just feel the need to, to really open up my heart to God, to give thanks to God today and to really praise him for all the things that he has done. And so we're going to begin our, our time with worship and it's going to be me. So the band has went from all of the instruments down to one and a voice. So uh, hopefully you can follow along. Uh, the words are going to be on the screen here. So hopefully you can follow along. And can I encourage you to really worship God this morning? You know, I said a few weeks ago in church that one of the, the most important things that we do is we come and we worship God and we acknowledge how great he is. And that's why we're here this morning. That's why you're tuned in this morning. It's a way for us to stay connected as church family. But but it's more than that. It's about worshipping God because God hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And we're here to worship him today. So let's pray and then we're going to really uh, worship him this morning. So let's pray. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for health and strength. Lord, we thank you for your protection over us. And Lord, we just pray that this morning as we come to worship you, Lord, that you would help us to lift our voices in praise. Father, to put aside the things which would distract us, the thoughts that are in our heads, the worries, the fears perhaps, which are in our hearts. And Lord, we want to just put those things aside and we want to acknowledge how great you are. Father, we've come to really declare to the mountain how great our God is. And so, Father, we just pray that as we worship you, that we would lift up our voices in spirit and in truth and worship you for all that's within us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's worship God.
Father, we know that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he died for us, and that everything, everything that happens in our lives, he is interested in and he knows about. And Father, we just thank you for that depth of love which you show towards us. You've shown us that love in Jesus. Father, we just thank you that when he was on the earth, he was able to say that he was the very, uh, the very demonstration of the Father. He was the image of the invisible God. And Father, we just thank you that through him we get to see what you're like. And Father, we see that you're a God of compassion. And Father, we just thank you that we can call out to you time and time again. And we can just come before you. And Father, we know that you're like that Father who listens to us. Father, you're a Father who listens and your heart's desire to pick us up. And Father, just to take us into your arms. And so, Father, we just thank you for that peace that we have in you. And, Lord, we just pray that that peace, we would sense that peace today and may guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
these are realities in our life. Father, they're not just things that we sing about, but Father, they're truth. And Father, we just thank you that we have not just only hope for today, but Father, we have an eternal hope. Father, we have a living hope. And Father, we thank you that that hope is in Christ Jesus. And Father, we just pray today as we turn to your word, Lord, that you would really speak to us. Father, we just want to hear what you have to say to us today. And Father, we pray that our hearts would be encouraged as we gather today. And Father, we just pray that the name of Jesus would be lifted up in this service. And Father, I just pray for those who are maybe uh, watching this message, Father, who are not part of the, the Pentecostal church. And Father, I just pray for each one. Father, I pray for them. I pray for their families. Lord, I pray that you would just protect them. Father, I pray that you keep your hand upon them. And Father, we just pray that you keep your hand upon our community at this time. Father, it's just such a challenging time for us all. But Lord, we just want to be those people who put our faith and trust in you. And so, Father, may we feed our fear, feed our, uh, our faith, and starve our fear today. Father, we just pray that you come and that you meet with each of us. Father, wherever we're watching this uh, message today. Father, we just ask these things in Jesus' precious name. So we're gathered uh, today really to, to worship God um, he's at the centre of all that we do um, he is the one that we're here to honour and to glorify today and uh, really as we continue in our service I just want to pray uh, that we experience God's presence uh, with us today wherever you are you're watching this message at home um, you know with your family however however that looks for you I just pray that you'll be blessed today that you would experience something of the presence of God in your uh, living room today or wherever you're watching this. Um, because God is everywhere. God is in control. God knows everything that's happening. And God knows you. And God loves you. And God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. And I just pray that you'd experience something of that incredible love uh, which he has for you today. Um, yeah, the title of what I want to, to talk about today is uh, actually called The Resilient Life. And uh, it's just something that I've been thinking about this week uh, as the week has developed, you know, just kind of coming on from our message last week. And uh, I'm going to read from a few passages of scripture today. I'm going to go into Hebrews, we'll read from chapter 11, a couple of verses, and we'll also read from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, a few verses there as well. You see, the reality is that we live in unprecedented times, um, and for many in a world that's had catastrophic um, a, a catastrophic effect um, and I, I just kind of felt today in, a, in this message that we need to think about what it means to be a resilient person and we're going to uh, think about that think about what it means to to really be a person of faith uh, to be a person who trusts in God in this day and age and uh, just what that that means for us and just the other thing that keeps coming back to me, and I've mentioned it a few times in church uh, lately, is that we retain an eternal perspective. You know, we, we are a spiritual being. Uh, you are a spiritual being. You are spirit, you are soul, you are body, and you're a whole person. But that spiritual part of you will go on and live forever, regardless of what happens uh, in, in, in the days that we are living in. We are spiritual beings. That's not changed. And uh, I want us to really think about that today. But maybe you could turn in your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read um, a few verses from that, verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to go 
uh, to the end of the chapter. And it's talking about faith. And it says faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. I mentioned some of these people last week in my message. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. And today I want to focus for just a little while on the life of uh, Joseph. Because if anybody shows us what it means to be a resilient person, it's Joseph. Hebrews chapter 11 verses 39 to 40 says this. All these people, and there's a big list of people in Hebrews chapter 11. You should read it in your own time. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Incredible words. There's something significant about the days in which we're living in and that what we are fulfilling in our lives has an impact on the people who lived before us. They didn't inherit the promises. They didn't see God do everything that he said he was going to do because it's part of a bigger picture, a bigger picture which we are part of today as well. Hebrews chapter 12 uh, verses 1 through to 4 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Our part of the race and our day, and God calls us to run that race with perseverance, with endurance. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. You see, our faith finds its origin in him. I don't talk about my faith. Some people talk about, I have my faith. I don't talk about my faith because I don't believe it is my faith. I think it's a faith which God gave me. God gave me this faith at the age of six years old when I put my trust in him. I remember getting out of my bed, kneeling down by my bedside and asking Jesus to forgive me, asking him to come into my life and to help me to live my life the way that he wanted me to. And in that moment, in that moment, God imparted faith into my life. God imparted his Holy Spirit, his very own person into my life. And God can do that for you as well. It goes on to say, because of the joy awaiting him, that's Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people that you won't become weary and give up. Incredible, incredible words. And what do we mean when we talk about faith? Faith is the confidence of what we hope for. That's what faith is. Faith is a confidence inside about the things which God is saying, the things which God is showing us, a confidence in things that have not yet come to pass and we see them through the eyes of faith. The message translation talks about these people in the past who had faith and says the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, setting them above the crowd. What incredible words. These people who we read about, their faith distinguished them from other people. It set them above it. They raised the bar through their faith. And today I want to think briefly about one of those people. You know, we all have our favourite characters in the Bible. 
and Joseph is one of my favourite characters. You know, he, he lived thousands of years ago and yet his story still influences me today. And it just, it makes me think about every day I wake up, every day you wake up, we take up a pen and we begin to write our history. Joseph had no idea at the time that he was writing history with his life. And here we are in 2020, we are writing history with our lives. And I wonder what people will say in a hundred years time, when they look back at this time, when they look back at this time in history, what will they say about our generation? That's the generation who stood together. That's the generation who, uh, who stood alongside each other when the, the church began to pray, when the church began to seek God, when the church really poured out their hearts to God, when the church came in unity to seek God. That's the, that's the time when God poured out his spirit, when there was a revival and when people began to discover who God is. I wonder what people will say when they look back at our time in history. So the title of today's message is The Resilient Life. And the, the definition of resilience, resilience is the ability to keep bouncing back after the knocks. You don't have to tell me that we're in the middle of a storm. And it's not that the boat has been rocked, it's that the boat has been flipped upside down due to an uncontrollable wave. And there are different ways that we can respond to the times in which we live, different ways that we can respond to the storm. You know, some of you are maybe experiencing storms in your own life that have nothing to do with what's happening in society just now. You have your own personal storm. There are things which are going on in your life. And I believe God can speak into that. And I think God is saying you have three options today. The first one is that you can sink. The second one is that you can swim. But there's a third option. The third option is that you can walk on the water. As you allow faith to rise within your heart, you can begin to walk in the water just as Peter walked on the water. It's an incredible story of faith. Peter hearing the voice of Jesus and stepping out of that boat and walking towards Jesus. What an incredible thing. This is the same Peter who years and years later wrote in his book, in his letter to the church, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. The same Peter. The same Peter who rose up in faith. This is, the, by the way, the same Peter who denied Jesus. Three times Peter denied Jesus, and yet Jesus reinstated him, and he says, Peter, I love you. Go and feed my sheep. This is the same Peter. And a number of years ago, uh, we as a church, we went through uh, a study, and it was based on a book by John Ortberg called If You Want to Walk in Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. And there's something about me says, in the days in which we're living, we have got to get out of the boat. We've got to do something different as a church. We can't meet together as church just now because of what's going on, but we can still pray together. And we're going to do that. We're going to come together to pray midweek on Wednesday at half past seven. We're going to come as the church. We're going to come together and pray. We're going to use digital uh, means to do that, but we're going to come and pray. One of the things that we can do as a church to step out of the boat but John Ortberg in his book, he, he gives us three things that are qualities or characteristics of resilient people. This is the first one. He says resilient people continually seek to reassert some command and control over their destiny rather than see themselves as passive victims. Number two, resilient people 
have a larger than usual capacity for what might be called moral courage, for refusing to betray their values. Number three, resilient people find purpose and meaning in their suffering. And I just want to explore some of these things as they relate to the life of Joseph. And we're going to just spend a few minutes doing that. The first one of these is command. And what John says in his book is resilient people continually seek to reassert some command or control over their destiny rather than see themselves as passive victims. That means taking control of things in your life. And that can mean taking control of things which are very small in your life. Things which maybe others think are insignificant. But here's the thing, little is never as small as you think. Taking command and control of the small things in your life, little decisions which you make day by day, little internal readjustments to your thinking, realising that although there is much that's out of control, we can take control of some things, even if it's a small thing. Joseph we read about him in Genesis chapter, uh, sorry, in Genesis chapter 37. He's a 17 year old boy when we begin to read this story. He's one of uh, 12 brothers. Um, his dad is Jacob. He was his dad's favourite. His dad treated him better than the other sons. And uh, his dad gave him this uh, beautiful coat, uh, coat of many colours as it talks about. You've probably all uh, heard the song, maybe saw the musical. That's the person we're talking about. And he had two dreams. In the first of his dreams, he saw 11 sheaves of wheat surrounding one that was in the middle and the, the, the 11 sheaves of wheat were bowing down to the one that was in the middle. And he began to tell his brothers about this dream and his brothers got really angry with him and they thought, they thought who is this guy? Who does he think he is? He's, he's one of the youngest of us and who does he think he is? 17 years old. He has a second dream. Not only is it... Uh, the 11 but this time it's 11 stars he talks about how the, the 11 stars are bound down but also the sun and the moon are bound down and he, he, his father uh, hears about this dream and his father says what are you talking about you mean your mum and dad are going to bow down and, and worship you as well and so he begins to incite things in other people but these dreams which he received were God given dreams and we need to hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to that in just a little minute or two. Joseph's brothers became so jealous of him that they decided to take him and throw him, uh, well they actually decided to kill him. They saw him coming and the oldest Reuben he says you can't do that let's throw him into this pit and we'll, we'll decide what we're going to do and uh, the, the upshot is that they sold him into slavery, they sold him into uh, slave traders which took Joseph into a land called Egypt um, and there he was sold to a man called Potiphar and he began to work in Potiphar's house and he worked diligently for his master, he worked hard, he worked hard for Potiphar and while Joseph was in Potiphar's house the Lord blessed Potiphar's house because the Lord blessed Joseph. Joseph took command and control over his situation. He didn't see himself as a victim, he saw himself as somebody who could have an influence in this new situation. At any point in time, Joseph could have given up. He could have said, well, I've had enough. You know, everybody hates me. My, my brothers hate me. 
my mum and dad well what they, they don't know what's happening they must be worried about me what's you know what's all going on here i'm in a strange land he, he could have said so many things but he didn't give up he didn't see himself as a passive victim he took command and control in his situation and it's all too easy to give up and the problem is if we give up today it's even easier to give up tomorrow I encourage us not to give up regardless of what you're facing today don't give up because God knows your situation and God can come and step into that situation and stand alongside you in that situation the second of our points is courage resilient people have a larger than usual capacity for what might be called moral courage for refusing to betray their values and I see this in Joseph's life as well. Joseph, a young man in a strange land, in a strange house, and he's working for this man called Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife starts to take a shine to Joseph. She fancies him. She wants to, uh, well, I'll leave it to your imagination what she wants to do uh, with Joseph because he was a handsome, well-built young man, the Bible says. And she enticed him day after day after day. And day after day, Joseph refused her advances and this is what he said to uh, Potiphar my master has withheld nothing from me this is what he says to Potiphar's wife sorry my master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife how then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God. You see, it's not just about the situation, it's not just about Potiphar. Joseph has a belief in a higher power and he recognises that if he gives in to this temptation, that he's given in uh, and before God as well and that he's going to sin against God. And though she spoke to Joseph, day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Taking command and control in the situation having the moral courage to stick stick to your values that's what we see in joseph's life the problem is that joseph was falsely accused he he ran away from potiphar's wife she held on to the cloak and he just fled for his life and she screamed out she screamed out uh, and her husband came running and said what's happened what's happened all oh, this this uh, joseph this slave of yours uh, he's been He's been taunting me, he's been abusing me, etc, etc. And so he was falsely accused. And Potiphar has no option but to throw Joseph in prison. And here he finds himself in even deeper, even more testing times. And it's in the testing times that our values really shine. It's in the times of temptation that who we are really comes out. But you see, Joseph was trusted in prison. The story doesn't finish there. It says that he found favour in prison. God gave him favour. The prison warder was blessed because of Joseph's presence there. And Joseph began to uh, care for people. And when Joseph was in the prison, something incredible happened that was about to open up a door for him going forward. Just excuse me a second. There were two people who came into the prison alongside Joseph. One was the baker for Pharaoh. The second was the cup bearer for Pharaoh. Both of these men, Pharaoh had thrown them into prison and here they are, they're in this place together and the both, both of these guys have dreams. 
And Joseph is able to interpret those dreams and tell them what the dreams mean. Unfortunately for the baker, it wasn't a good outcome. But for the cupbearer, he was restored to his service under Pharaoh, holding the cup for Pharaoh, testing his wine. And when he leaves the prison, Joseph says to him, Can you remember me? Remember me before Pharaoh. Remember that I was the guy who interpreted the dream. And for another two years, Joseph was left in prison until eventually, eventually something happened where Pharaoh had a dream and then all of a sudden the cupbearer remembered this guy who was who he met in the prison who interpreted his dream and he said maybe he can interpret that dream and so as the story goes on we read how Joseph was restored from being in prison into uh, Pharaoh's service he was able to interpret this dream Pharaoh had a dream where there were seven fat cows and you know uh, they, they, they kind of grazed in the land and then there were seven uh, really scrawny cows which came and ate up the fat ones and the, the interpretation and it's amazing that Joseph says this he says I can't interpret the dream but God can give you the meaning of the dream and so Joseph is able to interpret that dream for Pharaoh but here's the thing all the way through Joseph takes command and control over his situation he has that moral courage not to betray his values and lastly he has a conviction and we'll talk about that in just a little second you know there's there's one last thing that I wanted to say in relation to this point uh, about courage and it's a book from Victor by a man called Victor Frankl and it's called Man's Search for Meaning Victor Frankl uh, survived the concentration camps and I remember reading this and it really struck me about being able to take control, about not betraying your values, about being a resilient person. And this is what he says. We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of all human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Life is all about choices. I remember my dad drumming this into me as a young lad. Life's all about choices. And there are freedoms which are taken away from us, but yet inwardly we can make the right choice day by day. The last thing is that resilient people find purpose and meaning in their suffering. There is a conviction about a resilient person. There's something inside where they find meaning even in the middle of suffering. Let me remind you about the dreams. I mentioned the two dreams that Joseph had right at the very start of the story that we read in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph, Joseph had two dreams. And here's the thing, dreams give your faith a target. Dreams give your faith a target. And I encourage you to recall the dreams that God has placed within your heart, the promises which God has put in your heart. Bring them back to mind. As you get up in the morning and hopefully you're spending time with God every day, as you do that, 
recall the dreams which God has given you. Recall the promises which God has spoken into your life because dreams give your faith a target. Joseph knew his purpose in God. And I'm going to share that. You know, towards the end of the story, we read how Joseph was able to uh, work alongside the Pharaoh. He became his second in command and he was given wisdom to know what to do in the times. During the seven years of plenty, they stored up grain, they stored up because they knew that seven years of famine was going to come. And in those seven years of famine, the people were able to come and get food. And Joseph was able to manage the affairs of the country because God gave him favour. We need leaders who have the favour of God, who have the wisdom of God and who are able to make decisions. And we're going to pray for our leaders again just at the end of this service. But Joseph is reunited with his brothers because where they stay there's a famine and Jacob the dad says, go down to Egypt, we've heard there's grain there, go down and see if you can buy some grain for us. They weren't looking for a freebie, they were going down to buy some grain. And that's what they did. And eventually, to cut a long story short, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. They come and they bow before him. They don't know who he is. He looks like an Egyptian. He sounds like an Egyptian. But it's actually their brother. 13 years later. And Joseph, when he reveals himself to his brothers, there's a fear creeps up within their hearts. What's he going to do to us? Because we betrayed him. And this is what he says. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. He goes on to say in Genesis chapter 50, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. To accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Sometimes it's easier to see our purpose with hindsight. As we look back in our lives, we go, yeah, that makes sense, that makes sense, that makes sense. What I'm encouraging us today is to see our purpose with foresight. Recall the dreams which God has given to you. Recall, bring back to mind the promises which God has spoken over you. And some of you, even in recent days in the church, God has spoken to you and has given you promises. And I want you to hold on to those promises. I want you to recall those promises. I want you to pray over those promises and believe and see with the eyes of faith that God is going to fulfill his purpose for you. God can bring good out of a bad situation. God brought good out of Joseph's situation. And I believe today that God can bring good out of the situation that we're facing. Here's the thing. There's so many things going on in our world that we are out of control of. But we can take command and control of ourselves. We can take courage of our convictions to not betray our values. We can be resilient people. We can be the people that God calls us to be in this day and age. We can be people who know what it means to find meaning and purpose, even in suffering. And I encourage us today to press into God to find these things for yourself. Just two minutes to finish off. I just want to list three habits of resilient people. The first one is this, that they live free of past failures. Our past can suck us back in to its failures. 
I don't know about you, but I look back in my past and there are things which I regret, things which I wish I'd never said or done. But here's the thing. Jesus is able to give us a fresh start. Even today, Jesus is able to give you a fresh start because Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus died to cover up, to pay off our debt, to make our account balance zero. We owe God nothing because he's paid the price for us. We need to learn to live free from past failure because Jesus can forgive us. Confess past weaknesses. Don't walk around with a victim mentality and think, oh, woe is me, you know, look at my life and all the things that have happened to me. Stand up and recognise who God has created you to be. Live fully in today, grounded in God daily. Daily grounded in God. Get stuck into prayer today. Get into prayer before God throughout the day, praying continually and getting down at specific times and praying before God. Get into your devotions, read your Bible, worship God, praise God, give thanks to God for all the things that he's done for you and fellowship with your brothers and sisters. Pick up a phone, send a text, get onto Facebook, uh, get onto WhatsApp, Skype, Zoom. There are so many ways that we are able to connect with each other just now and we need fellowship. Stick to your principles and your values. God has created you and I for this moment. This is our opportunity to let our light shine. This is your opportunity to let your light shine. And the last thing is to live with a fervent vision of the future. Remember, Joseph had two dreams. And I think that those two dreams sustained Joseph throughout the difficulties in his life. Live with a fervent vision of the future. God's future for you. Recall the promises over your life. Recall the promises over the church. Focus on your future in God while not neglecting what he's put right in front of you today. Retain an eternal perspective. We are a spirit stuck inside an earthly body. We have an eternal future. We have a God who lives in eternity and who one day we will see face to face. Lastly, look for purpose and meaning in everything. I've been through some difficult things in life. And one of the big challenges has always been to find meaning and purpose in the circumstances. Sometimes we don't see it at the time. But if we stick into God, if we stick into prayer, if we stick into our devotions, if we get stuck into fellowship with one another, then God begins to unfold these purposes for us. I just want us to close there and we're going to pray for a moment. And uh, I just want to encourage you to bow your heads and to pray with me. You know, this is an opportunity uh, for you. I don't know who all is watching this uh, broadcast today, but this is an opportunity for each of us to respond to what God wants to do in our lives. Maybe you're a Christian today and you're saying, you know, there have been things that have been getting top of me this week and I just want to, uh, to release those things to God. Uh, I want to just confess some things before God. I want to receive the peace of God in my life. You know, God can give you that peace today. Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've never made a decision to, to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you've never made that, taken that step. Maybe you've never invited him in. Today you can do that. And what I encourage you to do today as I pray 
that if, if you identify with this, if you want to respond to this, there's an easy way you can do that online. And it's just by typing yes into that little comments box uh, and just uh, hitting the button and we'll see that. You know, you can message us through Facebook, you can send us emails and you can get in touch with us and we've got packs that we will post out to you um, to, to help you in this journey. You know, this is not a day for us to shrink back. This is not an obstacle, this is an opportunity. Today might be the day where God is asking you to make that decision. And I want you to, to really take that take that seriously, what God might be saying to you. So let's just bow our heads and let's pray uh, just for a moment or two. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for what we're learning in you. Father, we pray that you would help us to stay close to you. Father, that you would help us to really draw close to each other. Uh, even though we're, the, the church can't meet just now, we're scattered, Lord, we pray that you would draw close to us. Father, that you would make your presence known to us. And Father, we just pray that for some, for some today, this needs to be a fresh start. And Lord, we pray that you would give them that fresh start today. Lord, for Christians who, who really need to just bring some things before you and get that fresh start, Lord, we just pray that you'd come and that you'd meet with them today, that you'd meet with them uh, through your Spirit. And Father, for those who have maybe ne never made a decision to follow you, uh, Father, we just pray that you come today and that you would meet with them at their place uh, where, where they are just now. Father, that you would just cause something to rise up within their heart today. And if, you, if you've never made a decision, I just encourage you to, to pray this simple little prayer uh, in, into your heart or out loud, whatever, uh, after me. And then just, just hit yes, click yes in that comments box and, and let us know. Send us a message. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I thank you that he gave, he came to give me a fresh start. And I pray today that you would come and make me clean. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my past failures and come into my life and make me a new person today. Help me to be a resilient person. Help me to be a resilient Christian and to be the person you have created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've made that prayer today and made that commitment, then please let us know. We want to be able to help you and to, to just resource you to, to really begin to walk uh, in a, a journey of faith with God. You know, it's been a real um, challenge for me uh, to, to really get my head around some of the things that have been happening uh, in, in our nation and, and thinking about how we... Uh, do things as church but I'm really encouraged I'm really encouraged by what God is doing in our day and age uh, and even in the midst of difficulties I'm encouraged by what God is doing and I just want to to, to bless you today uh, to ask that God makes his face to shine upon you that he's gracious towards you that he gives you peace and that he gives you that assurance within your heart today I'm just going to say one last prayer as we finish off today we're going to pray uh, for our nation pray for our leaders and just pray for all that's going on. So let's just one last time before we finish this uh, service, pray for what is happening in our nation. Father, we, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are eternal, that you're constant. Father, we thank you that you're all-knowing. Father, we thank you that uh, nothing takes you by surprise. Father, we thank you that you're all-powerful. You're able to do whatever you say. Father, we thank you that you're all-knowing. You even know the depths of our heart. Lord, there's nothing that's too big for you, nothing that's too great. Father, no mountain that's too high. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to have faith today. Father, even faith as small as a grain of mustard. 
And Lord, we pray for those who lead in our nation at this time. Lord, we ask that you'd give them wisdom, that you'd give them reassurance and courage in their hearts. Lord, we pray for our frontline staff, whether it's those in hospitals or those who are providing services uh, for our nation. Father, all of these people who need to be out and who need to be working, Lord, we pray your protection over them. We pray your blessing over them and their families. And Lord, I just pray lastly for our community of Whitburn and the communities that we represent in church. Father, many different communities. Lord, we pray that you would keep us, that you would keep us safe. Father, that you would bless us. And Father, that you would cause many in our communities to, to, to open up their hearts to you and to put their trust and hope in you. Father, we bless you, we praise you, and we give you all the honour and glory that's due your name. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us. Please remember, 7.30 on Wednesday, we're going to come together as church to pray, and there'll be more information coming out in the various ways about that. The Lord bless you. Have a great week. Stay safe and stay sane.